Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast post uh, lockdown and Easter. Um, a very sort of wet Easter up here in Brisbane, but sun shining today. It's a lovely day outside. So welcome to another episode. Yes, welcome back, everybody. We've got a, a good episode today planned. Um, we get a lot of inquiry through our company, Streamline Property Buyers, for people wanting splitter blocks in Brisbane. It is probably one of the most um, highly sought after types of properties. Um, in the last couple of years, prices really have skyrocketed because the scarcity surrounding these types of properties is increasing day by day as land becomes you know, more scarce as our city becomes more dense um, and more and more people are seeking out these types of opportunities. But there's a lot of confusion around what a splitter block is. There's confusion around what, um, you know, types of properties can be split or subdivided. And we're going to unpack a lot of those myths today and really provide some clarity around splitter <coughs> blocks and what they actually can do for us. Yeah, I think I think the other thing that... Um people are not aware of is the price of them as well yeah uh, i think if you ring an agent here in um in brisbane and say look i'm after a splitter uh first thing they'll probably do is laugh <laughs> because then they're just not as common and, and they're hard to get um people are after them people are paying good money for them and um you've also got to be aware we'll probably jump into this a little bit later anyway of of what you're actually getting um you know from little things like falling away from the road if it needs a development approval to try and get the stormwater out, things like that. Um, you might buy a, a property that uh, can be split into two, but you actually can't do it physically. And I think therein lies the issue because we a lot of people refer to a splitter block as a larger block that has the potential to become two lots. However, the true definition of a splitter block is actually a property that already has two titles. And I think that's where a lot of confusion comes in. So we're just going to help you understand the difference between a true splitter block and a one into two subdivision opportunity, because there is a big difference, not only in the, the scope of works required to um, complete a one into two, but also in the cost. So we're going to unpack that today. So um, the, the main reason we're doing this, I, I suppose, is our, our background. We do come from the construction side of it. Um, so we also help our clients as a part of our service, not only buying the opportunity of that type of property, um, but also going through the process, um, completing it from the start, purchasing the property, knocking it down if you can, developing it, building the whole process. We, we actually help our clients with it. So we thought we'd just sort of open it up a little bit today. But um, I guess the first question um, is, how did they become about? Well, if you um, go back, refer back to episode 20, where we talked about how Brisbane became the city that it is today, uh, you may recall that we talked about um, a great fire that came through Brisbane in the late 1800s. And following that, um, the council of the time actually ensured that properties or houses were separated sufficiently to avoid any reoccurrence of such a significant fire event. So what we saw there is that uh, there was a very uniform way in which land was allocated and they were allocating properties which were 16 perch lots, typically 10 metres wide by 40 metres deep. Now, those properties in the inner city um, were allocated or purchased and those people that had you know, more funds purchased two 
of these vacant lots and built their house in the middle of those lots. So the more wealthy individuals actually owned two lots. Um, the less wealthy owned just one lot. So that's why you see a combination of both 16 perch or 405 square metre blocks in Brisbane um, alongside areas where you've got 810 square metre blocks or 809 square metres, which are typically the 32 perch blocks. So it's a really uniform way in which the city was developed and that's how the splitter block uh, typically came to be the more wealthy individuals bought the two blocks of land side by side and built or constructed their home right in the middle. So generally um, they are basically split down the middle. Sometimes you've got to be wary of which way they are split. So obviously if, if there's a frontage on there of 20 metres and, and it's split down the middle, then great. Obviously if the falls and the contours um, are obviously important. Um, the other one, which is slightly off, off this one, um, but I did get asked the other day and you can clear that up, Melinda, is a, a, let's say it's a 32 perch, but it's actually, when you look at the uh, the two titles, it's split on a diagonal across it. Yeah, really interesting. They call these types of um, splitter blocks widow blocks. And what we found is that when the men went off to war in the um, mid-1900s to the Second World War, if they owned one of these uh, blocks that was on two titles, uh, what they did is they actually changed the alignment of the title or the, the land um, boundaries so that their wives could not sell um, their or part of their land whilst they were gone. So a really interesting part of our history and there's very few of these widow blocks uh, still available, but we do come across them from time to time and it's really interesting when you can see, you know, that you've got two triangular blocks with a house stuck right in the middle, but the purpose of those was so that wives would not sell part of the land off um, from their husbands um, if anything happened to them at war or if, or if indeed they um, they went off to war and, you know, wanted to, to cash in in their absence. So a little bit of history for Brisbane. Yeah. And, and you can realign those types of setups where, where they are diagonal. You can actually put in uh, for a realignment um, through council as well. And keep in mind, however, that is not a, a typical splitter that, um, you know, is a low-cost splitter in that instance. That will require an application to council for a development approval, which will require town planning, civil engineering and surveying. So that does increase the costs. However, because you are already dealing with two titles, you won't be subject to infrastructure charges, which uh, we'll get to a little bit later. So a splitter block, uh, what basically... What is actually a splitter block um, what, or let's talk about what, what is a splitter block and what you can basically make a splitter block. Let's let's stick the 810s, the 32 perch, if you like, to make it common. Yeah. Um, what are the things that can actually, that are a splitter block and then what are the things that become complicated? Yeah, so with a splitter block, you're typically looking at um, a larger block of land around 800 to 810 square metres, generally speaking. Um, they generally have an alignment of the boundary where it sits on two individual titles. Um, however, the house sits potentially right in the middle of uh, both of those lots. So what we find with the splitter blocks is that you'll find them in areas that are dominated by character homes. You may also find some in areas that have some post-war homes. And that is a very critical piece of information to understand because in Brisbane, we do have a lot of character protection. We do have traditional building character overlays that prohibit uh, demolition of pre-war homes. And they are character Queenslander homes that were built prior to 1946. So it might be um, all good and well to be purchasing a splitter block. However, if you are unable to demolish that 
home that sits on that splitter block, then you don't have the ability to build two uh, homes on that site. Uh, it's very important that you understand the demolition control um, provisions that we do have in Brisbane as well. So a typical splitter block is a property that already sits on two titles um, and an A-grade splitter block for development is one that also has a post-war home or a home that is not protected from demolition. And you've also got to be wary of the basically the original footprint of the house and, and the roof of the house. Um, you can't just say, well, I'll just chop a little bit off the side of that property and I'll slide it across. Um, there's also requirements to keep that original sort of uh, the roof, basically, of the original structure. Um, and then there's also boundary clearances on the side of the property as well we need to comply with as well. Yeah, so, you know, up until more recently, a lot of uh, property buyers or developers would purchase um, the homes that would have the character overlay in place and they would be able to get a partial demolition where they would shave off you know, an old sleep out on a Queenslander, which enabled the property to become a narrower footprint. They then lift that property and shift it onto one of those individual lots and be able to then construct a brand new dwelling on the second lot. However, council have really cracked down more recently on partial demolitions. It's less likely that that will be um, able to be approved now in the Brisbane City Council. So, you know, it's really important that you do your homework and don't just purchase something to assume that you can actually shave off or, you know, partially de demolish one of these Queenslander homes. They are very much protected and you do need to do your homework before you look into it further. I will say the other thing with splitter blocks is that, um, you know, when they are already on two titles and they do have a post-war home, it does come with some significant savings in that you don't have to apply to council. The contours also become less important. Um, we see it a lot uh, where we see people purchase a block that is on one title, which means they do need to submit an application to council. Um, and when you submit an ap application to council to do a subdivision from one into two, so you're seeking their permission to split the block into two, you also have to provide documentation um, to support that subdivision. And that includes things like uh, civil engineering drawings, surveying, um, and a town planning report. The biggest blunder that we see people make in this instance is not considering where the legal point of discharge will be, and that is a stormwater solution. And we see people purchasing sites that fall away from the street. When you cannot provide a legal point of discharge to the curb, you find yourself in major issues because you do need to get rear neighbour consent to dig up their yard to actually run a stormwater line through. And if you don't have that before you purchase, it's likely or possible that you will never be able to subdivide that land. So that's a big tip for anyone looking to go down that path if you don't know and understand what is required when you do lodge an application to council. The biggest blunder we see people making, um, and unfortunately we see professionals in this industry making this blunder as well, uh, stormwater runoff. You have to provide a legal point of discharge to the curb Alternatively, you need to seek consent from the rear neighbour if the property does fall away from the street. So that is a big tip, something to keep in mind if you are looking at a site that needs a subdivision, which means it's only on one lot and you need to apply to council. Yeah, so there's a lot of things you need to do behind the scenes to make sure it works. And, and a lot of things we're talking about basically come back to dollars. Um, if you don't have that, like as Melinda mentioned then about the rear neighbour's consent, it's okay to just say, oh, look, I'll get the consent to run the stormwater through. But there's also a cost in that. Um, if you think about it yourself, if you own the, if you were the neighbour and someone wanted to dig up your yard and run a pipe all the way through underground, um, that you'll probably want some sort of compensation for it. Um, it. There'll be the cost to do that. They'll also have to, 
reinstate everything in their yards. So there's costs involved in that. Um, and then there's also, also the infrastructure side of things as well. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, again, if we're just going back to a one into two subdivision, which is different to a splitter. So a one into two subdivision is a property that um, is an 810 square metre block. And these are uh, properties that are all zoned low density residential here in Brisbane. So in that instance, an application to council would be required to um, complete the subdivision. So you would need to engage a town planner, a civil engineer, um, a surveyor, and possibly other consultants, depending on the site itself. Uh, but once that application is approved um, and you're submitting to titles, you will also be liable for infrastructure charges, which are payable to uh, the Brisbane City Council and also Queensland Urban Utilities. Um, and that's in order of nearly $30,000 per newly created lot. So by the time you've paid all of your consultants, as well as your infrastructure charges, you're probably looking upward of forty-five um, to $50,000 just to complete that one into two subdivision. So um, again, just something to think about if you are going down this path. It is important that you are fully aware of what you're getting into because there's so many people that we see making mistakes. Um, another big mistake that we see is people not uh, understanding the influence of some of the overlays and uh, some of the overlays such as flood and overland flow. They're the biggest prohibitors of um, of one into two subdivision opportunities. So you know, just assuming that you have the dimensions and you have the capacity based on the land and the zoning, um, you must also consider all of the negative impacts on a site that could prohibit um, the development of a site or make a, a subdivision application something that we call impact accessible. Uh, now, we had a big discussion with a town planner much earlier in the series, um, one of our earliest episodes, actually, I think that we had Stefan Town Planning, Alex Stefan from Stefan Town Planning on very early in the piece. But anyway, he he helped us to understand when you would need to call a town planner. And I certainly think if you're looking at any opportunities that um, do have subdivision potential, you need to be consulting with a town planner to understand who uh, you need to consult with prior to lodging an application, what those costs might be so that you can actually perform the feasibility to see if it is actually worthwhile. Yeah, and the other thing, which is slightly, obviously, something you've got to be aware of, um, are, are all your services. Um, something we do look at quite a lot is early on in the piece is, is, your, is your water and your sewer uh, and your electricity. You, you need those services there. Um, if you don't have sewer there, you need to get a sewer connection. You need to supply sewer connections to both properties um, and, and water as well. Um, a simple thing like the water being on, on the right side of the road or the opposite side of the road, you need to get that across and you need to pay for that. Um, the simple task of running water across the road, could, you know, you're not going to get much change out of $10,000 um, just to put a service there. You can't just tap into the existing service as well. Yeah, and I think um, another thing to be aware of is that when a property might be listed for sale on some of the major real estate portals, um, you need to actually read through what the listing might actually state because... You know, I know a lot of sales agents will advertise a property as, um, you know, a one into two opportunity or a splitter block, even though it might not be a true splitter block as we've defined it. Um, it is really important that you're not relying on the, the agent's words in the real estate listing. Usually they will have STCA, which will be um, the acronym for subject to council approval. Um, and what that means is that, you know, nothing's guaranteed. They might be stating that the property has the potential to be subdivided, that the property, you know, is a splitter block, that you could create your dream home on the second lot. Whatever words they use, um, usually there will be that 
you know, disclaimer to say that it is all subject to council approval and you need to do your own due diligence as a buyer um, to make sure that you are fully aware of the, you know, limitations of any site before you actually make a purchase because, you know, we do see a lot of people making these sorts of mistakes prior to buying and the due diligence that you do up front will ensure that you're not actually going to be putting yourself into a financially compromised position. Yeah, so... I guess, I guess is the 800 a, a size? I know we talk about different sizes and there's other opportunities out there. Um, is that the smallest lot you can go to? Look, in terms of splitter blocks, um, which are those properties that are on two lots, in most instances, we are looking at the 810s. When we're looking at a one into two subdivision opportunity, um, different land zonings allow for different minimum lot sizes. Um, and there's a couple of little uh, tips in the Brisbane City Plan that do allow for some 600 square metre sites to be subdivided. Um, but there's a lot of boxes that need to be ticked in that instance. Uh, and you need to be fully across how to find them, where, to, where they're located, and to understand how you actually do the assessment as to whether they can be subdivided or not. And generally, they're in little locations close to some little shopping complexes and things like that, but you really need to understand how to do the assessment before you're making, you know, a decision to move forward with one of those small splitters. So a quick question, will there be any on two titles on the 600s? Very unlikely. Okay, so it basically saying that if you don't know what's involved and then you've got to go through the whole process of the development approval, you need to comply with your stormwater, you need to comply with everything. There's a lot of work to do to understand or to get it basically split and, and subdivided. Um, so you need to make sure you buy not just one that says that it will actually be able to be split, that, that you can actually do it. You need to be able to physically do it. You need that stormwater, you need the contours, you need ticking all those boxes that we've sort of spoken about. Um, it's not just a case of saying, oh, yeah, I bought one that's in that location. Um, if it doesn't work, then you won't be able to do it. Exactly. And that's, I guess, what we, you know, see from time to time, you know, properties that, um, you know, may have the adequate or the prerequisite zoning that's required they may be located in the right location but you know unless you tick every single box um, and you're providing a stormwater solution and you know that you've got a home that can be demolished um, all of those things that we've talked about the due diligence that you do up front will make or break the project and the ability to actually complete the scope um, so doing your due diligence up front getting expert advice up front um, is is the only way to go if you are a novice um, please do not rely on others who may not be doing it themselves because you may find that you'll dig yourself into a hole that um, it's going to be hard to crawl back out of. And I think having the right team around you as well, that, that's critical. Once you get in, sometimes little things can come up, like there could be a tree on the footpath. Um, all those little things can impact what you can do on this property. Um, a really good civil engineer, a really, really good town planner that you can communicate well with. Um, you need to make sure you get those sort of people on your team um, that know what they're doing and you don't just rely on thinking that you know what you're doing and um, someone that doesn't really have the qualifications for it as well. That's a great point. And I think that's like any, you know, anything that we go into, you need a team of experts around you to be the best at whatever you do. And, um, and you know, if you don't have that team before you're looking at a site, um, then you might be you know, making some mistakes. So get your team in place first. Make sure that you're working with professionals that are providing accurate advice. Make sure you're getting input from town planners and civil engineers before you buy. Um, and then you should be on, you know, the right pathway forward. Yeah. So 
Look, I think we've covered a little bit there. Um, hopefully that's cleared a few things up on the um, so-called splitter blocks that people um, inquire about. It's been a little bit of a shorter episode today, but short and sweet. Um, just to give that information, we'll, we'll keep um, throwing a little bit of information and tips on properties along the way. Um, I'll let Melinda wrap it up here now um, and I'll split because it's a splitter block. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, um, we'll talk again soon. It's been great talking. I'll let Melinda wrap it up and we'll talk again soon. Take care and bye for now. I hope that's been helpful in um, just getting a better understanding of splitter blocks and one into two subdivision opportunities and mainly the difference between the two. Um, certainly it's, it's something that we get a lot of inquiry about and we are consistently having to help people understand what the difference is. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave us a review. Uh, please share the podcast with friends and family as well. We love to hear your feedback um, and we also love to receive your questions. And we've got another Q&A episode coming up next month as well. So don't forget to continue to send those questions in. Enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.